0: This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me this week are Jim Spence and Alan Temple. Morning, gentlemen. How are we both? Morning, Eric. Very well, thanks.
1: Morning. Morning
0: Eric. Had enough of the, uh, the wee cupper. We're ready for the real thing <laughs> next weekend. Getting excited? <laughs>
2: Uh, I'll let Alan take that one. Discretion is a better part of valor, I always think.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, it's yes. um, it, it's hard to shake the feeling that the League Cup can sometimes feel a little bit like a, a extension of pre-season So yeah, it's, it's feeling feeling ready for the real
0: stuff. I don't know about you, but maybe it's because I was on holiday for uh, for the start of it. It seems like it's been a it's I don't it's been quite it's very very low key even by even by the. Fred Cup, Premier Sports Cup, League Cup, wherever you cut, even by you know usual standards, maybe because there's not been many shocks. Alan, do you reckon, or am I? Is it just me?
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair to say it's been slightly lacking in the uh, the upset value that you sometimes get at this stage, partly because. I think a lot of the teams lower down the, the the standings are still getting their squads together, and that's perhaps given the, the the top teams, although they're also still looking to recruit. I think it's given them a. a, a, a a leg up. You've you've heard a lot of managers talking, uh, certainly from the lower leagues, talking about how they would rather be able to play trialists yeah. and things like that. And I think that probably sums up just where a lot of the teams a little bit further down the pyramid are right now. And as much as they might like to upset the odds and pull off a shock, it's just not a priority right now when they're yeah, trying to they're, put together a think, squad for the new
0: season. Uh, do you know what it is as well, Jim? I think it's just dawned on me there. It's it's because it's because uh, United and Dundee are just sailing along quite smoothly through it. Usually one. Or both of them are are kind of having a there's an upset there's a bit of a story going on you know during it but it's been it's been calm waters for both of them isn't it? Well, it's it,
2: it's the good ship serenity at the moment. One um one quite well known Dundee FC. Figure was was kind of trying to lure me in yesterday with some you know asking what was going on at Tannadice and um, and I got back them say well what have I missed but, but I'd missed nothing and he, he was just making a general inquiry what's happening you know <laughs> as both sides of the street do uh, and and it's so it's, it's it's really quite intriguing isn't it I mean the moment is just so smooth all plain sailing I mean like that's one or two. Um, one or two United fans unhappy with various things, but there's one or two United fans always unhappy with things. Yeah. I'm not sure what it is they've got to be unhappy about at the moment, and Dundee fans have got very little to be unhappy with. Both have kind of sailed through their, the you know these these early stages, but I agree um, with Alan. I think, you know, everyone's rebuilding. Um, we're just uh, off the back of the Euros. Um, the big clubs are rebuilding as well. And I think increasingly, Eric, we live in a world where ultimately, it's, it's certainly for the big clubs, it's about, Top league survival, you know, or, or even the kind of the championship, cl- championship clubs. It's about making sure they don't drop out of that. You know, more than ever, league business um, absolutely comes to the fore. So uh, this is a a cup which hasn't caught fire. But to be honest with you, for a long, long time now, it's a cup which hasn't caught fire uh, for me until really probably the semi final stages.
0: Right, I mean, l- l- let's let's start off with United then, because I thought there was a, there was a. You know, United are always they're always fascinating. With and we've we've touched on umpteen times as as far as the sort of you know you you do. I think more 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 than any club in our patch certainly, and I think more than any club, you know, they're up there with, you know, possibly Hearts. When I you know when I'm just thinking on my feet here, as far as you you always seem to have two really strong strands of opinion. In the fan base as to how things as to how things are going, and I thought there was a, there was a tweet that that summed it up really well from a, a guy who goes under the the boy McNichol. And of course, mm-hmm. he's, he 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 has has another another podcast on Dundee United, which is which is very well received. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I thought his tweet kind of got straight to the heart of it. I'll, I'll read you what he, he said a couple of days ago. It was, well, we won four wins, twelve points, nine goals, and three clean sheets. Plenty minutes for a few of the young lads too. All positives. Mm-hmm. Correct? Then it goes, however, in block caps, dot, 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 dot. We have played four part-time teams and out with the Elgin game, you'd never have known who the part-time team was in the other three matches. Key. <laughs> 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 so there, there, there we have. I mean, it's, I guess, it's a it's a wait and see, isn't it, Alan? Which which one, you know, because we've seen teams that, that do as Jim said, they pass serenely through these these games, they deal with the, the wee teams they're expected to deal, then, deal with, then they come to the real thing and all of a sudden you think, oh, that was a bit of a phony war. But you can't argue with the results. And and the stats, can you? I mean,
1: that chap is uh, very much after my own heart in terms of sitting <laughs> on the fence. Uh, he has absolutely ensured that no matter how this season, but he goes, did throw he key.
0: Has... I think he the throwing of the word <laughs> key at the end of it was that, that quiche or sense.
2: key? I <laughs> <laughs> was
0: definitely,
2: definitely key. Oh, go. I think of it, I mean, I, I, you know what? At one time, I got I got taken into the. The senior editor's office at the BBC for saying it had been a hell of a game on the radio and now, now we're banding words like keek about here, you know?
0: Well, we are, we are. But Alan, there you go then. You get off the... I mean, have you seen? You, you haven't seen United yet, though, have you? This season?
1: Um, well, I'm going to I'm going to desperately drag DC Thompson out this gutter. Uh, <laughs> no, it's um, I watched I watched. Uh, although it was our, our colleague Callum that was at the game in person, I did uh, certainly watch their game against uh, Kelty Hearts, and then I, uh, I caught up with the majority of their game against East Fife, and I do understand what the the chaps saying in terms of there wasn't a great gulf in terms of which was the mm-hmm. senior side, which was the, the the premiership side. But fundamentally at this stage of the season, especially when you've got a new manager trying to implement a new style and a new team and integrate young talents and new sign-ins, there will be a sense of teething. It won't immediately hit the ground running and be champagne football. All you want is to be learning, be picking up your, your understanding of the new shape. And while doing that, Try to put the results on the board, and the the only aspect of of disappointment, other than obviously wanting the performances to be a, a little bit silkier, would be a, I think Dundee United have perhaps, given the, the part time teams in their group, uh, missed a, a golden opportunity to to be seeded in the in the final stage. That's now really really hanging in the balance. They're on mm-hmm. twelve points, but only three teams. Uh, get a seeding in the next Mm -hmm. round because of obviously the five teams coming in from from Europe and Hearts, Dundee and St Mirren all need a win to get to uh, Dundee United's total of 12 points. Dundee United are on plus eight goal difference. Hearts are already on plus seven, mm-hmm. Dundee are already on plus nine, albeit three of those goals were handed to them after <laughs> uh, Ross County's forfeit, and St Mirren is the is the fe one they're on plus six, but if all those teams win by the the margin they need to win by, that knocks Dundee United out of the seeding place, and granted, there's bigger fresh to fry, it's all about the league, but I would say if I was going to pick out a disappointment,
0: that would maybe be the disappointment, but
1: I think it's been a fine group stage for, for Dundee United,
0: mm. I really do. I'm- yeah, I mean, Jim. I, you sp- I think you spoke in the last podcast about the the start of the sort of the, the introduction of a few more young players, and, and and it's it's. I think the the big transfer business ins and outs is yet to be done at Taneraice, isn't it? So we're kind of we're still. It kind of feels like a sort of extension of last season, almost at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah. Albeit with a different manager.
2: Yeah, that, that, I mean, I think um, you know United. I mean, maybe as soon as today, who knows? But undoubtedly, <coughs> um, United fans want some signings. Eric I always say this: football, ultimately, you know, when you take, you know, the notion of community and family. You know, why did you support a club because your granddad took of your dad or your, daddy, your mum or, or something like that? You know, but aside from the notion of family and community and all the rest of it. I mean, it's in a logicality as to why you follow a particular football club. I mean, even I've I've got a little kind of room for this kind of follow your local club as well, because that would mean boys from our growth shouldn't have followed Dundee United or, you know, the Angus Arabs couldn't come and see United, uh, whatever. Ultimately, though, for me, Football's bread and circuses. Football is entertainment. You go to be entertained. You go to watch guys, 11 guys in a park doing things that you would have loved to have done as a young man, but didn't have the ability, or in some cases didn't have a chance, but for the vast bulk of us didn't have the ability um, to do so. It's about entertainment, watching guys doing things that are at a level you couldn't do, you know. Um, so when you're watching professional football, I think that's, that's where that kind of, that, the boy McNickle's uh, comment um, it, it, it slightly kind of it concerns me when you talk about they were part-time sides. I mean, it's it's you know the, the part-time thing can be misleading. I, I think there's a, there's a good number of players at, at part-time level who could easily have played, frankly, at Dundee United's level, or St. Munn's level, or St. Johnson's level, you know. Um, many things uh, conspired to make sure they didn't, but I, th- I think it's always dangerous. And, and and the fitness levels are not nearly as, as, as big uh, uh, as they would have been at one time, because good part-time pros train twice a week, play on a Saturday, and they usually train one other night a week as well. So that narrows the gap considerably as well. But, <clears throat> you know, t- to kind of cut to that chase with United... Um, there are a lot, I mean, they're going to go. We know that they're going to go. I've written but as you guys have talked extensively about it. Um They're going to go, by and large, with younger players with, with a coterie of experience around about them um this season. You know, the McGrews and the Edwards uh, and, 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 you know, Shankland at Tanadice and, and, and things like that, you know, scattered through the side, you know, the Reynolds will be guys with experience and, and, and old heads about them. Um Not that Shankland's much an old head at 25, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. So, there will be, and I hesitate in, say, teething problems. Uh, Laddies have to learn their trade. They have to learn their craft. And you're learning your craft every day of the week. You're learning your craft as a journalist every day of the week. You know, it it doesn't matter whether you're you're a a mere whippersnapper like young Alan there, or kind of heading for middle age like you, my boy, or a codger codger like me, you know. First
0: time you've been called that, you know, you're in senior company
2: today, aren't (laughs) you? No, I mean, you know, you're learning your craft all the time. And, And football players are no different. They're learning their craft all the time as well. And It will be uh, quite a big learning curve for a lot of the United boys this season. In that respect, I think, uh, uh, you know, the the tweet is right from um, the boy McNichol. I mean... It is only a League Cup at the moment, and, and undoubtedly in terms of quality, overall quality, the full-time sides will have more of it. Uh, and, and my my acid test, I don't know, I may, I may kind of touch on this in my column uh, this weekend, my acid test is not the League Cup. I like six, eight games into the season, um, b- before you really get a feel for new signings that have come in. And of course, new signings are coming in right until the window uh, shots, You know, so it's too early. <clears throat> I mean, I you know, was up for a run with some of the Scooter Boys last night. We are talking about how will the season go because everybody's a you know, football man or woman. And I, I don't know at, at this stage. It's too early because one or two real quality signings can make a heck of a difference uh, to, to a football side you know um, losing one or two you know if United, we've talked ad infinitum on this program if United get a big uh, a couple of big bids in for Shankland or Segrist or both or lose both of them that can make a big impact could they replace them with sufficient quality so you know I mean from United's perspective there's all of these things to throw into the mix with, <coughs> with young boys and all the rest of it and um, that said, I mean, you know, and I'll finish on this this neat point. I was delighted to see Aberdeen last last night not only win very, very handsomely uh, in their European tie, but also, uh, you know, give a 17-year-old um, uh, a, a game at, at right back. Because I'm a great believer that if you're good enough, uh, you're old enough, you know. Um, so th- those United boys, what I've seen in them, there's a lot of really good kids in there. They need a bit of experience around really, bit, They need kind of um, good, tender care as well. They need to be treated as men also. Um I think potentially it could be quite an exciting season, but it could also fall flat on its face. That's the nature of football.
0: That was was quite a revelation, Jim, that you're going to wait at least six or eight weeks before you tip United for Europe this season. (laughs) I think you went went earlier last year, if memory serves. Well,
2: I'm still wiping the air off my
0: You were you were on you were on Mickey's band. He was he won you over early, didn't he? You were you
2: no. Were listen, I, I I mean I thought i have got to be honest bold with you, Mickey. Some, some of the football the bold <laughs> Mickey played was murder. It was turgid. but <laughs> and this is where we come to the the crux with football fans. What is it you want? Do you want to win? Do you want to stay in the Premiership? Do you want to be entertained?
0: Thank you, you know? very, thank you very much, Jim. Because that's 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 where I'm going to take this with Alan. Good. Because I thought as well as as well as perfectly the reason that that. Tweet caught my eye because I thought it perfectly encapsulated the two the two schools of thought we United that will probably run throughout the course of the season. But I thought it also shone a light on the fact that the Dundee United fan base, Alan, they're, they're not going to, I don't want to say put up with, but last season was very much about establishing themselves back in the Premier League. And I think they were able to swallow, maybe some more than others, the fact that the football was... Pretty dire, and it was it was it was functional, it was pragmatic, all those things. Now they're not gonna they they want more. I'm not talking about points wise; they want more in terms of football this season, and that is a it's maybe unfair on, on Tam Courts because that's something that uh, he's he's going to be judged on that more than Mickey Whelan was, and but it's it's just it's just a fact, isn't it?
1: I think in the fullness of time you will see Dundee United evolve into a different style. But we talked about this a a few weeks ago. Uh, Tam Courts isn't going to get the leeway that Mm -hmm. some other managers would have because of uh, his limited managerial experience at the top level and the the lukewarm reception he received from a a portion, uh, albeit a vocal portion, of the Dundee United fans. So his priority from day one needed to be to, to win this group, to get through, to not uh, succumb to any embarrassing shocks and not give anyone who did want to have a wee snipe at him additional ammunition to do so. So uh, I think that's the priority. And once, he's, once his foot's in the door, once there's some results on the board and once, as you alluded to, once his marquee players are in the door, because I think Mulgrew's probably the only one to this point that you would mm-hmm. say that's a marquee capture. And I think there'll, there'll hopefully be another couple of that category, albeit perhaps not a former Celtic and Scotland player. But once he's got those players in the door, I think you'll look to to see a, a better style and there'll be a bit more comfort. But I think it's also worth, worth saying that there's this perception that see when a football team goes out and maybe doesn't play fluently and doesn't play attractive football, it comes back to the manager and they say, well, why did you not send them out to play? attractive, fluent football, yeah. he, he, you know, most of the time they do, but sometimes it doesn't work out like that. There's another 11 players on the football pitch who are trying to stop you from doing your job. So it doesn't always pan out that way. And I think you look at the lineup that Tam Courts put out for a lot of those games and it's full of young attacking players and it's set up in a style that in theory should be allow for attacking exciting football. Dundee United scored the goal at Kelty, for example, that's it's emanating from one wing back to another wing back, both pushed right up the pitch and three players narrowly in the box and people bombing on from midfield. That's as much the plan as any perception of being turgid or just getting points on the board. So sometimes it doesn't work out, but I think you can look at the lineup and the people that Tam Courts has tried to give game time to and say that the, there's a real effort to change mm-hmm. the style, but that will take time. I mean, goodness me, Tam Courts would, would be a medical worker if he could just come in and uh, six weeks later, Dundee United have gone from Mickey Mellon's functional football to uh, champagne soccer. It's just—it's crazy to think it could happen don't, so don't, quickly. Don't
0: you be coming on this podcast where you're, you're sensible. You know, you're take take your time. Opinions, no, no place for that in a podcast. Eh? Come on. But I,
1: <laughs> I was obviously I was going to say they are going to clearly win the league.
0: So there, yeah, there we go yeah i mean i know that you' probably prefer to to see the white of his eyes i don't think you've been a tam court presser yet or you know or maybe you have correct me if correct me if i'm wrong but what's your uh, he's done plenty of these sort of he's obviously done plenty of stuff with us mm-hmm. he's done this the you know he's done the the sort of sky build up pieces all that sort of thing and obviously the unveil how how do you maybe maybe you don't put too much stock in it but how how do you think he's he shaped, is he is he shaping up? Does he look like a manager to you? Is what I'm trying no, to say. I
2: mean, I I, I I say this of all uh, all people in football. Yeah, like you know, after over thirty years of being involved in interviewing just about everyone in the game, um, talk is cheap in football, and that's not that's not a dig at Tam Courts or anybody else. Talk is cheap. Ultimately, you can talk a good game, and by the way, I think he does. I think he's very articulate. I think he talks well. Um, None of, none of that matters. You know, I mean, I, I I spoke to a United fan the other day who said to me that, um, you know, we're talking about John Hughes because John Hughes almost had the United job a couple of times and a lot of people thought this time before Tam was appointed that, you know, they, they, they might have gone for him <clears throat> and somebody said to me, the problem with John is the way he talks and there's a snobbery sometimes in football, you know, Big John, son of a Lee's docker, you know, Um, yesterday's man actually John Hughes when he was at Inverness was actually quite well ahead of the game in terms of motivational talkers coming in and sports science and all the rest of it so people get kind of very confused about these things somebody talks well does it make him a good manager no um where you need articulacy is is, is is in terms of his instruction to the players, in terms of the type of football he, he you know he has them playing, but mainly in terms of the type of players he picks. Does he pick the right kind of players? So what I've, what I've seen and, and heard of Tom Courts uh, so far, I've been quite impressed with. The problem is <clears throat> he has got a very, very difficult... He's got a snob audience to win over, let's be blunt. You know, they look at him, they go, he was at Kiltie Hearts, junior football. Um, how can he possibly manage a team like Dundee United? Um, well... I don't know if he can, is the answer. We've said this. I mean, you know, the the proof of the pudding will be in the eating, so to speak. So far, um, you know, albeit against part-time sides, as as the boy McNichol is pointing out, um, they've done what's been asked of them. They they have, you know, they're through. They've won the games. Um, In terms of, you know what kind of football they've played, how they've looked, that's an entirely subjective notion. We've all come away from games and thought that was dire and one of the, one of the guys in the company said oh, that was a terrific performance tonight. Also, looking at United, you know, I think there's an impression that sometimes even d- during Dundee United's glory years, it was constantly swashbuckling football. It wasn't. I covered a lot of them. It wasn't. Very often it was route one, a long diagonal up to Davy Dodds who kind of brought it down, laid it off and somebody scored or he scored himself. You know, I mean, football... There are many, many ways of playing it. I think Courts has started at a disadvantage um, for a for a combination of reasons. There are some United fans who have got it in for big Tony Asgard, the sporting director. They don't like him. They think he's using the club for for whatever nefarious reasons. They have this thing in their mind, and therefore they see Tom Courts as one of his boys. He's you know the, the, it's being run as some kind of fiefdom, and he's got his own people in and all the rest of it. Here's the news. That's how football works. That's how football always worked. <laughs> it worked at amateur level at the the North Inch in Perth or at the Coup in Dundee. It worked all the way through juniors right through seniors at international level. That's how football works, you know. Um, and I've little time for this kind of this nonsense, uh, this kind of naivety uh, from people. The bottom line, the acid test will be quite simple: um, how will Dundee United do in the park. And at the moment, it's too early to say, but they've made a decent start. So. I'm not sure what the complaints are. We'll soon find out whether the manager is, is a big enough character to handle the criticism, to handle any dressing room issues or whatnot. But so far, um, you know, they've signed Charlie Mulgrew, who I think will be a good I mean somebody said to me the other week, uh, Charlie Mulgrew is a pal of he's a pal of Tony Asgard. in football, particularly in the Scottish Goldfish Bowl, who doesn't know each other? You know? Yeah. Um and they've signed a guy that's that's you know that has a very, very strong and good pedigree. So I've got, you know, probably aided by the fact that I did a wee bit of work there, Eric. It constantly reminded me of the daftest decision in my life, but I've got very little time for the, for the armchair critics. And you've
0: made, and you've made plenty of Daft ones.
2: <laughs> <laughs> made a million of them, you know, <laughs> but some worse than others. So, you know, the bottom line with Tom Courts is quite simple. He will be judged like every other manager, and that will be on the success rate, um, uh, how he does. And and he faces a tough season. Faces a tough season because he's going to have to go mainly with younger guys, but, um, in a season where it looks as though Hibs and Aberdeen might be really, really strong uh, teams. Hearts will be, Hearts are back, Dundee are back, you know, Saints. It's a really, really strong league this season. So he will stand or fall on his own abilities. It's as simple as that. You know, I mean, he's 39. He's no shrinking violet. Say said this in one of my columns. If he can handle a dressing room at Kelty Junior, when they were juniors, pretty sure he can handle a dressing room at uh, a professional football level. There's not much difference apart from the wage level. Um, so... I think, you know, you give the guy a chance. It's as simple as that. I mean, you know, if you went and asked 100 Dundee United fans before Courts was appointed, who do you want? you got about 65 different answers. So you can only run a club with the people in charge. You know, they're owned by Mark Ogren, the big Tony Asgard is the sporting director. Um, there's a board who have input, and they've gone for Tam Courts. So you've got to give the guy the benefit of the doubt.
0: And Alan, apart from... I don't know from the top of my head. There's, it's pretty much now, now that they've changed the goalkeeping coach. It's pretty much a, a new backroom team completely from from the one the last season. So it's very much, very much his group of men. I don't know. If we can we can all speculate, and maybe it'll come out in the wash. Then the reasons why Neil Alexander's Neil Alexander's left, but he's he's got his own men around him, isn't he? Absolutely, and I think
1: I, as you 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 touch upon, it's the nature of. Dundee and it's the nature of uh, social media, uh, Dundee as a city not as a, I'm, I'm not uh, calling Dundee uh, Dundee United, Dundee to be clear I've not done a Sky Sports there um, <laughs> Never, it's the never nature work of Dundee, again you know? <laughs>
0: it's
1: the nature of, I would have done wonders the
0: for the, these podcast <laughs> ratings if you
1: had I know. It's, the, it's the nature of Dundee the city that um, obviously there'll be rumours swirling about um, why uh, Neil Alexander's left but all you can do
0: is take
1: G- the people Jim will tell us value. in a of uh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you can, All you can do is take it at face value. And you've got, uh, you know, Neil Alexander came out with a, a pretty classy comment on Twitter yesterday, just you know, thanking the club for the opportunity and saying how sad he was to depart. And Tam Courts has described it as amicable. So you, you know, you take the men at their word until um, something else is, uh, comes out. But the, uh, effectively, now we look to the to the future and uh, Tony Keogh. Um, you know, that's a that's a decent appointment. Mm. That's uh, you know, people will uh, people. Should be relatively content with a a, a man a, a guy who's worked north and south of the border. He's been part of a good coaching setup at Livingston mm-hmm. that doesn't suffer fools no, uh, gladly. So he's coming in with um, a good experience. I mean, he's he, not only that he's played north south of the border, Hibbs, Newcastle. He's been over at Vancouver Whitecaps and in Canada, you know. So he's well traveled. So I think that's a you know that's a, a solid appointment to to come in for Neil and. Yeah, in terms of getting his own men around him, that's that's what you need. I think I've, I've said before in this podcast that the best way for for tab Courts to go about this job is to live or die by his own mm-hmm. big decisions. You know, if he's going to succeed, succeed on his own terms. If he's going to fail, definitely fail on your own terms because you don't want to to have any regrets yes. about that. So he's got
0: the people he wants around him, and let's see how it pans out. Indeed. Well, we, thanks for thanks for the moment, guys. We'll be back after this wee break with Dundee, St. Johnston, Dunfermline, and I'll wrap up all the rest of this stuff.
3: Are you a Dundee United supporter? You're probably pictured in the Arabs away book. Do you know any Dundee United supporters? They're probably in the book too. You, your friends, your family, your tribe are in this book. This is a football book with a difference isn't really about the players, the games, the on-field achievements. It's about you, the supporter. It tells the story of the supporter's journey. It shows us in triumph, in despair, in song, in anger, and in pubs. It shows us laughing and celebrating, home and away, young and old, for better or worse. Have a leaf through the book. Every few pages you exclaim, I ken that lad, or I was there, or I remember that. There's never been a United book like this. There never will be again. As one of our podcast listeners, you can get an exclusive 20% discount on Arabs Away at dcthompsonshop.co.uk using the code Arabs20 at checkout. That's arabs B S two zero at the checkout of dcthompsonshop.co.uk. Check the episode notes for details and terms.
0: Welcome back. To part two of the podcast, and we'll go to across the city now, guys. For for Dundee, another club is to quote you again, Jim. They're they're serenely passing through this Premier Sports Cup group stage with with no real. Significant hiccups? Well, no hiccups at all. What, what are you making of them so far, Jim?
2: A good start. You know, I mean, they, they, they've had a couple of friendlies. Montrose
0: um, Mantro, away is a tough tough game, as we will, Yeah,
2: right? yeah, well, absolutely. You know, I mean, I, I kind of... I, I just think that um, th- this is a big, big season. Uh, well, which they all are, but it's a big, big season. I think for Dundee. Um, but, I, you know, they, they they had a great chance. I always think they had a great chance when they went down to have the city when they were up on the, on on their own account, to have the city to themselves, to rebuild the support base, get the kids and all the rest of it. They blew that, but, they, but they've come back up. They've bounced back up. Um, and, I th- you know, I I think they they look to me as though they mean business this season. Now, again, talk is cheap. You know, I've heard John Nelms talking about, you know, the new stadium, this, that, the next, and all the rest of it. Well, you know, I, I can't I believe that when I see it. Um, but for the moment it, it's, it's been quite interesting I think you know Charlie Adam. I think made a massive difference last season Charlie, Killian Sheridan who they brought in one of the best most travelled men in, in, in Scottish football looks a very in, intriguing kind of prospect. Wee uh, McMullen uh, you know, I rate highly uh, as, a, as a player, you know, both in his sister and a goal scorer and all the rest of it. McGowan, you know, is a real competitor. Uh, you know, just, I'm looking through at the side and I, I think there's a bit of quality there and uh, there's there's a 2 problem in a city like Dundee. One, you want to do better than your rivals and they're both in the premiership this season. So that, that that's, that's one of the things and quite often, no matter how badly you do, as long as you've done better than your rivals across the road, it's almost enough. Um, but again, you know, I think it'll take a bit of time to, to get in. And James McPay wasn't without his critics last season. There were people, what I, mean, I remember writing the courier saying, you know, give him a chance. He's it's early days from him and all the rest of it. But I think he's assembling a decent look inside. He's got, you know, a Cummings, you know, who sometimes I think flatters to deceive, but he has all the ability in the world. There's no doubt about that. I just look around him and I think they're, 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 there's, there's, a, there's a bit of something about that Dundee side. Now, whether. It, it, whether it kind of blooms into something, you know, flowers into something special, um, or, or whether you know, it, 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 you know, flatters to deceive, uh, only time will tell. But at the moment, I just have a wee, a wee feel uh, that Dundee might actually achieve more than some people think they might this season. But that could be blown out of the water after five or six games, Eric. Who knows?
0: Yeah, I mean, Alan, I, I, I like the signing of Killian Sheridan, but I'll, I'll, I'll stick the caveat and. You know, it's a long time since I've seen him regularly. Um he's one of these guys you 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 follow his career from afar just because it's it's very different to to most footballers we get to know. He's kind of it's a bit of a well, it's a bit of a Gregory Taddy type career, you know, he's going from, you know, different European country to different European country. Um yeah at St Johnston he did he did look like if you if put it this way, if Dundee are getting the the Killian Sheridan that left St Johnston then they've got a very good signing, not necessarily for the goals you'll score, but from the people he'll bring in and just getting them up the pitch. It'll be a much a much more useful presence up front than say Osman so in, in my opinion. You know, he'll he'll do he'll do everything you would expect out of a guy of his physique and he'll he'll he's you know that's usually the skillful for a big man cliche you know <laughs> he's 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 decent with his he's decent with his feet he'll he'll fit into that Dundee team but I kind of on jim's theme we'll, we'll need to see him you know there's we haven't we haven't seen the guy play football for for years and years and years so that is a good sign and the one again we could be overtaken by events here and just just time with things moving on but I'm not sure about the Graham Dorns sign I would be I'd be I'd be wary of that. I really would be because now we've we spoke about this on the podcast umpteen times, and I don't think it was Graham Dorn's fault. But there's no doubt in my mind that after Graham Dorn's left, Dundee were a better team, and I think it was because it was it was clearing things up in, in James McPig's mind. I think he had too many of a similar type. He he tried to get Dorn's in the team. As you probably would with a guy of his pedigree and the the midfield blend wasn't right. So that would that would that would worry worry me a bit if they if they signed him I have to be honest with you because I, I think you can have you can have too many options for a position, can't you? And it's it's not a it's not a I don't I I don't see I don't see the big benefit of going back there. What about you, Alan?
1: I would be inclined to agree and I don't think it's any disservice to, to Graham Dorans. I, no. I've, I followed him a, a little bit actually over in the A-League. like a, a 8.30 in the morning BT Sport <laughs> dose of You're A-League uh, on, on, on on occasion. It's a, it's, it's a rare treat with a cup well. of coffee and um, I must say he, he played very well. You know, he, he looked refreshed. He looked like he was enjoying his football and... Um, he's no doubt going to be a very good player for someone, but this is more about what Dunfermline have already got in the dressing room. And Dundee. Well, got Dundee.
0: Dundee yeah. and Sorry, ah, yeah. eh?
1: Dundee, pardon. <laughs> I know, I'm going right back to the last <laughs> section.
0: <laughs> You'll get your chance, by the way. We'll be speaking about this... the Germans later. <laughs> <laughs> I know. this
1: is this is more about what the D have got um in the dressing room already and that's it's a it's a mighty strong midfield uh, unit they've got there. You've got a team that last season, Sean Byrne for a period wasn't guaranteed mm-hmm. to play every week. Fin- Finley time. Robertson. Fin- Finley fin- Robertson's coming back to, to full fitness. Um you know you've got other guys that you're loaning out that are talented midfielders. So I just I, I don't really see why with every club having a finite budget you would spend a chunk Mm -hmm. of that budget on Graham Dorans as talented as he is and although James McPay won't rule anything out I think the smart money would be on James currently doing a a good close friend of his a favour now it's uh, you know giving him good facilities giving him a chance to really get up to speed and also not distancing himself from a move because if you want you're mate to sound like a, a an in demand top player, then why would you say, no, we are not interested in him? You know, so I think James might be doing what a hell of a lot of people do in football. So this is certainly not a criticism in any way, which is, you know, looking after a, a close uh, personal friend and um, so I wouldn't be too uh, you know, I wouldn't be worried either way because he is a fine player but I, I don't think it's something that's going to happen and I'll await the, the egg on my face when he's uh scarf
0: above the head <laughs> then, by the time this and goes then, to, to and publish Dundee's player of the
3: season,
0: yes I mean Jim, <laughs> exactly. mean, I think you were underwhelmed by Dorn's first time around, weren't you and he was dropping deeper and deeper in that in that Dundee team, wasn't he? he was on He was on the toes of People who whose position it was, like Sean Byrne, to to be the the sitting midfielder and getting things tick. You know, I mean, Graham Dawn's mm-hmm. at his peak was a fine fine player, and uh, I, the the Graham Dawn I always go back to was at, at West Brom when they absolutely loved him, and he was you know he was he was almost off the strikers. You know, so is it. Is it one you would take a punt
2: on well, a game? That, that was the reason I was underwhelmed, Derek, because like yourself, you know, your memory um, it doesn't play tricks on you. I mean, you remember quite clearly, mm-hmm. quite vividly what a fine player he was, you know, just how, how talented, uh, uh, you know, the range of abilities that he, that he had. And then you see him in a different setting, you know, at Denz, and it just never, ever came to fruition for me watching him there. And I agree that, that when he left, you know, uh, D- D- Dundee <clears throat> became a different type of um, of side, so I- I'm not entirely sure where you'd fit. I mean, I think Alan's absolutely spot on. I suspect, you know that you know it's the nature of football. People do each other favors, and uh, th- these are not free favors. You know I mean? He, he still has plenty to offer in the game. And it might well be he has something to offer at Dundee, but if he doesn't, you do him a favour um, because he, A, he's a pal, B, he's a fine football player. You give him a chance to put himself in the shop window, keep himself fit while he's here looking for another club. And who the knows is he? You know,
0: keeps the other. Well, it keeps
2: others on their you know. toes, absolutely. And in the future, of course, your paths cross again, also. You know, I mean, you forget that. I mean, as, as we said earlier on, you know, we're, we're all involved in journalism. We've all got pals that are, you know, all over the shop, you know, and, and your paths cross sometimes in the future in the most unexpected ways. So, you know, J- James uh, uh, will be keeping a range of, 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 of options open to himself about signing him, not signing him, but putting him in the window for, for someone else to do someone else a favour. Uh, 101 things. If they did sign him, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But my suspicion is they've got plenty there. I mean, foot- look, most football managers want a squad of 60 they'd rather make the tough choice than not have the choice to make because of a bit of lack of numbers. But uh, in, in this situation, you know, with the budget being, uh, I mean, Dundee have got a decent budget, but it's like every other budget, it's not finite. Um, so I, I would imagine this time, looking at that Dundee squad, I think they've probably got sufficient there and there may be one or two other targets yet to come in. Um, so my suspicion is this will end up simply being a, um, a, a an exercise to, to allow Graham Dorns to keep himself fit, keep himself in the shop window.
0: Right, Alan St. Johnson. I mean, at the risk of being, well, we are going to be hostages to a, to a moving story. Um, St. Johnson, whether they're playing Galatasaray at McDermott Park or some neutral nation twice, it's still up in the air. And I think you can kind of boil it down to they're going to need to get Turkey in the to get Galatasaray into the country. And to get St. Johnson back into the country from Turkey, they're going to need some sort of exemption, government exemption, aren't they? I think that's pretty—that's pretty much the easiest way to sum it up. And I'm not going to ask you do you expect it to happen because you're not in the—you're not uh the, you've not got Nicol Sturgeon in your contacts book, unless unless I'm doing a, doing you a disservice. But uh, how, how important, how significant is it that? St Johnson get to play this this tie at home because I mean it's they're thinking about it a lot and I think I, I think that the reason this St Johnson fans would be so disappointed and upset about this one is because, you know, they 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 really they they got their heads round and I thought the way in which they dealt with the fact that they've missed out and let's face it, history will judge it as their, the best season ever for St Johnson. Not a single fan got in but they got their heads around it and i think they 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 embraced it for what it is they they enjoyed it they they, they enjoyed it in different ways they savoured it in different ways they even had a they, they were very very they took it i think but even before the the you know that it was finally confirmed that there wasn't going to be any st Johnson fans in the in the scottish cup final they'd got their heads around it and said look if we're going to get a few tickets give them to the give them to the friends and families of the players type things so you know they they dealt with it superbly and they still managed to make it the, the best possible experience but this has been built up now as and they've we've seen european championships we've seen wimbledon we've seen all these huge sporting events take place with full stadiums or half full stadiums or full wimbledons all this sort of thing and they've had this carrot now of a european powerhouse coming to to scotland coming to perth Possibly, you know, possibly with with the tie being out with their team's reach, you know, they'd have to play Galatasaray at home at at their patch first. You know, it might not be, you know, a, a live, live contest, but it could well be. And I think it would be, this would be the most galling one. It's not the most important match. The cup finals were bigger matches. Of course they were, you know, beating Rangers at Ibrox was a bigger match, all these things. But I think it would just be galling, wouldn't it, after all that, for them not to get the chance to have this sort of, you know, the coronation, the celebration, whatever you want to call it, denied them, and this is a, yet another one that they would feel, oh, here we go. It's a, it's, it's just. I th- I think this would be a. The straw that broke the camel's back. What about yourself, Alan? Absolutely.
1: As I would expect from yourself, Eric, you've kind of articulated that absolutely perfectly. It would be heartbreaking. I mean, listen, we've just been through a... We are still in the midst of, I should say, a global Mm -hmm. pandemic. So, you know, bigger heartbreaks have occurred and and bigger issues are obviously there. But in terms of, from a a purely footballing context, the amount that St Johnston supporters have missed, as brave a face as they have put on it, has been, you know, just horrible for them. I mean, it's uh, these are moments that just, you know, you can make the best of these things, but imagine those two cup wins with 50,000 at Hampden. You know, just imagine what it would have been like. Imagine the street parade in Perth after that second trophy win. Just you know, you, you imagine all these things and that's a pang of regret. And then you think about European football as something else. You're completely right in what you say. The cup finals were bigger, but European football is, is just something a bit different. And in recent history, you... You look at these games: the Rosenbergs, the Eskese, hispors, the you know, the mass, even going back to Luzerne, games like that. These are games yeah, that Monaco have before that. Monaco, of course, you know, you have a. These are, are games that that live on forever, and Galatasaray arguably would have been the big biggest of the lot. I mean, you'd be better place to say, but I mean, it's I, I think you know Ryan Babel, Radamel yeah, Falcao, Yunus yeah. Bilhanda, Fatih Terim in the dugout. I mean, these are. Global icons of football that were going to be strutting their stuff at McDermott Park, and for the prospect of them not to even set foot in Perth, uh, let alone um, play in front of a packed crowd, is just yeah, it's it's horrible, and it's certainly not helped by UEFA's stance. You know, our colleague Ewan did some fantastic stuff on this. You know, yesterday, uh, Thursday, uh, the twenty second, as we you know recording this, obviously podcast being timeless but you know the ufa regulations in terms of if it does go to a neutral venue it's on the clubs to organize it's effectively on the clubs to pay or you run the risk of forfeiting the game 3-0. Fantastic. What a great support mechanism from our, you know, mm. continent's governing body. That's, I mean, honestly, it's just, if it wasn't for the amount of work that the players have put in to get to this stage and how much they've earned the chance, God, you'd have half a mind just to tell them to stuff it. You yeah, know, because yeah. it's, it's <laughs> you know, it's what what a lack of support for one of your, you know, well, two of your member clubs, albeit, you know, Galatasaray financially will be in a better place to, to handle it. It's just... Ugh, the whole thing just leaves a real bitter taste in the mouth.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna come down to politicians are the only ones who can sort this, can't they? And it's it feels like. I mean, sports. You know, St Johnston Galatasaray. It's they're used to operating in these bubbles now. Now, surely we can get we can get Galatasaray in and out of Scotland with, you know, in their bubbles.
2: Jim Eric, when it comes to and this is not kind of you know this is not a free for all on politicians. I mean you know they they have um, they have a very difficult job to do. I mean you know I'm at risk of blowing smoke at my own backside. I've not but the chance of doing it a couple of times because it is a very tough job. Uh, they've got many things wrong. They've got some things right. Um whether they can you know, organise this one to everyone's satisfaction remains to be seen. You know, the the bottom line is simple. I mean, one way or the other Saints will have to play. I mean, by the looks of it, I mean, it was 5-1 the first game, wasn't it? So it's going to be Uh, Carla you know. (laughs) Um, They've got to play uh, somewhere um, a side who will still be very, very tough opponents. Um, you know, r- runners up in the top, uh, top Turkish division. Um, you know, one of the great sides of Turkish football. They've got to play them somewhere, uh, and it will be a very, very tough tie. Indeed, as Alan said, there you, you know as well. You've been there. You know, we, we, we've all witnessed and had the, the great pleasure of being abroad with Saints in some big, big nights. Um, uh, you know, you would like to think that they might squeeze through this one. It will be very, very tough, and 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 the, by the time they do, things might become a wee bit clearer for the for the next, you know, the next few games. But who knows? This is all in. The, this is all. This stuff's all in the lap of the gods now. You know, we we've um, we, we're all over the shop in, in football terms. You know, and in, in sports terms, Wimbledon. You know, um, you know the, the 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 Euros, the whole bit. One, you know you've watched Celtic with 9,000 in Aberdeen last night with 5,000 in some games are full elsewhere I mean it's I hesitate to say a shambles but I do kind of sense that the authorities have, have just not been able to keep a grip on um, on this thing so so we're saying well, to no end up consistency you no know no consistency that's consistency. the problem so <clears throat> that's the one thing we're always on about referees with so we perhaps we should expect it from politicians you know but at the, the end of the day yeah, at the end of the day, it's quite simple. Saints will have to uh, beat the competition wherever they play them, you know, um, and wherever they play them as a season, the lap of the gods.
0: It is, I mean, an, an intriguing appointment for Saints that's maybe not gone under the radar, but uh, it's certainly it's a significant one because you know I've used to, St. Johnson, i talking about Stevie Grieve as the as the head of recruitment, Alan. It's you know. As long as I've well, St Johnston I've never had a head of recruitment. You know, it's been you know, the manager, Tommy Wright took it all on, every manager's taken it all on with the help of a, a Stuart Duff or whoever, uh, you know, Jeff Brown, Steve Brown, that's just how they've 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 done it. Yes, they've got they've got the people that they've got scouts, you know, they've got contacts. They'll obviously speak to agents and all the rest of it, but ultimately it's been it's you know, it's been manager-led, pretty much manager-driven. This, is this a significant change of direction for Saints to get ahead of recruitment, Alan?
1: It's a continuation of quite an interesting couple of months because we obviously had the appointment of, of Scott Boyd to a, a role of uh, seniority as well. You've now got Stevie Grave and it's, you know, there's clearly a, a desire to... Modernize, if that's the right word, the the structure. Spread the I, workload, yeah. Yeah, spread the workload. I mean, it's it's great for you know that Tommy Wright's finally got that head of recruitment they wanted. It's just a, a shame it's come <laughs> slightly too late for him. Um, but it's you know it's it does smack of uh, forward thinking and ensuring that because a, a lot of clubs now there's a lot of talk about what happens when the manager leaves if the manager does everything. You know that's a problem that a lot of football clubs have, and it's a one that lots of football clubs are trying to, uh, you know, circumnavigate. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a step towards St Johnston doing that. Callum Davidson, particularly if he keeps racking up trophies, like nobody's business, won't be at St Johnston forever. So there needs to be continuity. There needs to be an existing dossier of targets, of players, of potential signings, of the people that are currently on the books in terms of young talent. So it's following in the footsteps of a lot of clubs that are doing that. It's making and it's spreading the workload, it's modernising and it's making the football club a little bit more future-proof for when mm-hmm. the man in the hot seat moves on. So I, I think it makes perfect sense but I, honestly I would be kind of uh, lying to you if I was to profess any great knowledge in, in Stevie Grieves' work other, other than knowing that um, you know, contrary to mm. what some people think, Seem to think about you know Dundee United's band of analysts and things. He was you know a valuable member of the uh, of the the operation there, and um, I think is highly rated w- within the game. So um, yeah, really interesting one, and it'll be. I mean, I'm sure you know yourself, Eric, will get a, a kind of vibe for you know what he does within the role and, and how valuable he he becomes in the fullness yeah, of time. Yeah,
0: some, sometimes job titles can be a bit misleading. You know, some you know the, you get people who get. Certain job titles, and you think they're going to do this, but it's their job ends up being a wee bit different to to what it says on the tin. I mean, he was Jimmy he was the opposition analyst at uh, at United, so it does look like a bit of a different. I mean, it's still it's watching players effectively. You know, did you did you get an impression of what his how his sen- seniority at, at Tanner in his in his relatively short time there, and how? It,
2: I, I, who used n- them n- no, no, no not not really um i i, I think the key thing for them is that this is probably um well, I don't think there's any doubt this is a, an uptick for them a move up the scale you Sounds know like I mean? it's the head of recruitment on, at, on the, yeah I mean head of recruitment at a club that, that you know l- 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 well there's no point in, I'm going to say let's be blunt there's not, no need for bluntness St. Johnson are bigger achievers than Dundee and Dundee rated both over the past decade there's no I mean they've qualified for Europe at six out of nine seasons you know and, and Stevie you know he holds the Scottish F uh, A licence I mean he's he's, he's been in India he's been in Canada he's a, he's a Perth boy of course he's a um, mm-hmm. a, a Saints fan, you know, so you kind of, you watch the opposition for United and all the rest, but this looks like a different type of, um, you know, different type of role in, in, entirely. I mean, you're trying to identify, I think, talent from a global market now, um, Eric, I mean, you know, f- football's been a global world for a, for a long, long time and, and to some extent it always was, you know, I mean, we we talk, I mean, I find myself sometimes using the statement the modern game, I mean, you know, and it, 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 it's daft, to annoy myself when I do it, but I mean, th- there is no doubt that you know, you've got two markets to to um, to look at. In a sense, you've got your domestic kind of Scottish UK market that you probably know best, but also you're trying to find gold dust throughout the rest of the world. You know, and you're trying to you're trying to kind of you're liaising with the manager. What you know, what we're looking for, what fits with the squad, do what we've got? And it's not just what fits in terms of the, the particular footballing talent, say, you but you're looking for the right type of people, the right type of character, the right type of mentalities. So you're examining basically a worldwide market now. I mean, I saw somebody the other day saying that Scottish football. Uh, that it was particularly from a Celtic angle, but they were saying we need to we need to explore more readily the South American market. Fair enough, Jim McLean was trying to do it 25 years ago, you know, over 20 years ago. Um, other clubs have done it as well. So you know, Stevie will be in there to um, you know to to I suppose kind of build up the database if you think of it's done much of it's done with kind of you know technical aptitude these days you've got all sorts of uh, f- uh, you know technical facilities to to assemble a database of players to pick up where players are on another you've got your own personal contact contacts book. you've got people getting in touch with you uh, throwing players in, into into the and and the and of course you've got you know you've got the oldest trick in the book you go and watch a player physically um and ne- that can I'll be never
0: di- catch on no but, but that
2: can, that can be difficult to do you know i mean that, that's the role in the sense of the old scout what well, you know i mean at one time you know all the top english clubs had scouts in scotland who watched you know junior games and you your know, junior games or reserve games or whatever or first team games I and mean, there's always this, you know we we're always scouts at a game First team gave it to these Dens, wherever, just keeping an eye on players. And you usually find at any given uh, football club on a Saturday, there are six or seven or eight representatives from other clubs. Just the names have changed over a period of time, you know. Um, so I, I, I think, in, and again, to use that phrase, in the modern world, the Saints have perhaps lagged a bit here. Tommy Wright complained about it when he was manager at, at McDermott. Mm. They've lagged a bit here. You do need to constantly be keeping eyes on players. Um,
0: I mean, M- Motherwell are the best example, aren't they? Jim? Yeah, you know, uh, uh, in absolutely. In terms of because... the English market, they they had they must have had half a dozen of, you know good good, solid recruits from the lower leagues in England I mean it doesn't have to be England but England's an example isn't it?
2: No it's that, that, that's right I mean it, it, it's its an expanding marketplace it's, you know the game of football is, is the most popular sport on the planet by a million miles it's miles, miles ahead of any other sport you know so has the greatest number of players playing it and there are emerging markets all the time or markets that, that haven't perhaps been tapped or haven't been tapped for a while um, there are you know, young players uh, coming through at clubs that kind of aren't quite making the break or could be doing. We're going to Saints on or, or, or loan or something. You know, they've had the benefit of some of that already, haven't they? From Millwall, they've got another one, and you know, so mm-hmm. it's. I think it's it's one of these roles. I think this role that Stevie's taking over it has a, a particular title, but I think it'll have quite a wide ranging um, a, a aspect to it. You know, I mean, and again it's a kind of case of Callum getting his own people the about and getting his team around about him, people that he knows, people he trusts, he values their judgment, they all have a role to play but I think, you know, in modern management speak, it's not kind of, you know, it's not hierarchical, I do this, you do that, you do that, everyone I think will chip into that. Ultimately, the boss always carries the can but it will be very much a cooperative um, effort, I think. So I think it's a good thing that... Um, that Saints have got this. I mean, ahead head of recruitment, I think, is is, is needed. Um, uh, you know, at a top club, it's needed. To, because all you need is to pick up one player who brings you on a, a terrific transfer fee a year down the road or two years down the road or you bring in two or three players that add substantially to your placing in the league or help you with a cup win or a, or a good cup run or whatever or, or or ensure that you don't get relegated. You know, that, that's the whole idea. And given that the, the, our domestic market um, is saturated, I think, you have to look there, but you have to look elsewhere as well. So I think it's a good thing uh, that Saints are doing here.
0: Well, the last part of the, the podcast isn't going to be a cooperative. It's going to be Mister Temple just speaking to us about mm. uh, Dunfermline's new owners, gone educators. How did you? How did you? F- Alan was on the, the the Zoom. Was it a Zoom? Uh, press conference you did with the owners, it was a so.
1: yeah, Zoom call over to the Zoom call over to the guys in in Hamburg. Oh, but just first of all, way to get people to tune out to the final five minutes there by describing oh, no, it as no, no, a, no, a no, soliloquy is, by me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but
0: this is where it's I at. Mean, what do you, Always, I'm always interested in how you just you know people can say the right things, people can you know trot out stats and all the rest of it as as we hear so often. But how? What's your gut instinct when you you actually sp- spoke to them?
1: Jim's absolutely right in what he says in terms of it being football being about actions rather than words. However, all three of Dunfermline's new directors were just hugely, hugely impressive. There's simply mm-hmm. no getting away from that. Um, Thomas Megel, Damir Keretic, and Nick Taylor, who's actually British, were on the call. Uh, those are I three say all, of all the
0: English speakers, or did you have to dip in all, your, uh, your, your. Yeah, uh, no, they were.
1: I mean uh, all of them including the two Germans had better English than me. Uh, so that's uh, there's absolutely no doubt about that but they were all hugely impressive. Um, they are three of the four people that make up the consortium which DFC Fußball and it's they were I think perhaps the most exciting thing about it was the the lack of moonbeams and nonsense really. Mm-hmm. It's um it was a real desire came through for them to do this properly. It's their their motives seem to be driven by a frustration and people not seeing the potential of clubs and the wastage and folly that comes from a lot of owners in football. They want to be sustainable, they want to build a new training ground. They're already well on the way to funding that. They want to they're Going to apply to have uh, their own academy at Dunfermline, so get that back in-house, producing their own players. That could happen as soon as the next calendar year. They want to strengthen ties with community, um, akin to maybe St. Pauli, who you know Thomas played for uh, and also you know, coached and was director of football of. So he knows that kind of really well. Wants to widen. They want to re- widen the recruitment. It's just a, a very. Nuts and bolts uh, way of uh, revitalising a club with all the potential in the world, and I think that's that's refreshing as long as the fans don't expect them to be throwing millions of of, of pounds at it, because that's clearly not what they want to do. They want to. I think there's a real desire to prove a point that this can be done properly if you've got the right people and the right expertise. I think Thomas put it quite well when he said it would be silly to promise promotion it would be Mm -hmm. silly to promise we can get back to the premiership and uh, how many times have you heard people promise that so you know that shows a a degree of you know circumspection Mm -hmm. and but what you can do is you can put every single piece in place and you can renovate every single you know make every aspect of the club the best it can be and that should get you to where you want to be and you know so there's there's money there's expertise I mean Damir Keretic was a, a Davis Cup tennis player with germany and then went on to be general manager of img germany anybody that you know has a has an eye on marketing will have seen img's logo they sponsor for example the dutch national team their yeah. training top is a, a global giant that he worked for nick teller was on the advisory board of commerce bank the second largest bank in germany and thomas Megel, obviously you know great playing pedigree and a good businessman in his own right these are these are serious yeah, men. Yeah. You know this is not I, you know I'm not how, how involved d-
0: are they going to be oh, absolutely like absolutely hands-on the uh, hands are they so well yeah. I mean obviously Ross MacArthur's he's staying on isn't he so that's
1: once travel corridors open up they're going to be over in Scotland with regularity um Good. there's talk of maybe one or two of them having perhaps a base in Scotland, the mm-hmm. way that, you know, John Nelms has been over here mm-hmm. with with Dundee. I think there's they will be on the ground. Thomas Megel in particular wants to be really involved with the football department in terms of seeing what they do behind the scenes and seeing what what he can improve. Because St. Pauli, alone not a giant of German football, for example, are a big football club. And there's a lot that he can certainly bring over in terms of expertise um, behind the scenes. So I mean, as I say, the proof will be in the pudding. And I'm not wide-eyed and naive about this these things. You know, it's not long ago that I was standing outside East End Park and yeah. asking players if they were willing to have a word after being made redundant. And it was horrible. And I've seen how, you know, things can go wrong in terms of the ownership. I've also, you know, covered the administration at hearts. You know, I have I have seen the other side of this coin. So don't take anything that I've heard at face value. But in terms of a first meeting with these people and having a conversation with them, listening to their outline, I think it's a really, really exciting time to be a, a Dunfermline fan. I, I would be, um, yeah, this is, it feels like having come out of administration less than a decade ago, this feels like a, a really bright new dawn.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. Well, just, I mean, just to finish up, Jimmy, yeah, I mean, I've always, I think I said on Twitter the other day, I don't, there's no such thing as a, a sleeping giant in Scottish football. It just it isn't, there aren't, it just, they're not there. But Domferman's the closest to it. And I think it, it really encourages me that the, 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 the consortium have, they've, they've they've done their homework. This isn't, you know, we've seen so many takeovers that you you just thought, "Mm, come on. They just haven't felt right. This one does, this, this, this one does feel, feel good. Doesn't it, Jim?
2: I can't help thinking there's something apt about me sitting here in my Saint Pauli uh, t-shirt, um, <laughs> talking about Germans taking <laughs> over the field. A
0: quick change you did three minutes ago, was it when you heard Alan dropping that? In?
2: <laughs> uh, I know, I know too that from uh, you know Alan's uh, piece in the Courier, they very good uh, uh, background info on the guys. That uh, Damiar Keretic was a good ice hockey player as well. So i be fully expecting to see him rushing from you End Park to, down, down to Kirkcaldy Ice Rink to see the Flyers on <laughs> any given Saturday night. Um, well, no, I mean. I think it's, you know, well, I mean, football's not about dreams, Eric. You know, I said earlier on in the game, it's about family and community and all that. Else. It's also about bread and circuses. It's an entertainment business. Uh, and if they've come in with, you know, they're not prom- I mean, you've got to promise something. You've got to say, look, here's, yeah. we- here's a vision, you know, uh, not necessarily we'll win the cup or we'll do this next season, but here's a vision, training ground, academy, all the rest of that. And that points you in the direction where you want to go. But I think there has to be. You've got to lift people's eyes to the horizons. People go on a Saturday, whether they're lawyers or labourers, whether they're surgeons or, or, or you know, or, 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 or lorry drivers, they go to 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 take 90 minutes of, you know, yeah, take so them away from it, slog the, the kind for of, them the years. It? Yeah, it's been a slog. And there is great potential at East End Park. They're you know, a big, big club, that, that, tradi- I mean, great European pedigree. I know it's many, many years ago now and all the rest of it. Smashing Stadium, one of the best in the country and all the rest of it. If they can get things right and if they can get the club motoring, there's a big support to come back out there to watch them Uh, they should Dunfermline should be a premiership club I mean I know this you know nobody's got a right we know that I'm not saying that but Dunfermline and one of these clubs they should be a premiership club The, the whole infrastructure um, you know, apart from training room, which you are about to address, obviously, they're the kind of club that really should be there. So, you know, fingers crossed that, 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 that this investment um, is going to work for them. I mean, it, it has a kind of... It has quite a good feel to it. It doesn't have... They haven't come in with bombast and, and, and as Alan said, promises, um, promising the earth. You know, there's none of that appears to be there. And the pedigree, uh, both sporting uh, and, and intellectual, if you want, appears to be really, really solid. But as always... Uh, you know Football fans are impatient it, It's what they see on the park And they want to see Improvements quickly So You know uh, You, you kind of hold your breath On the on, on these situations I think Because we've seen To some extent We've seen it all before We've seen You know People coming in Big investment made And all the rest of it And it doesn't necessarily work out But On the face of it Taking it at face value It looks yes, rel- relatively, relatively impressive
0: relatively impressive I think that's, In fact That's, that's... One of the best ways we finish this programme. OK. Uh, well, listen, guys, thanks again. And thank you very much to everybody for listening. We'll be back next week when we're building up to the start of the league season. The excitement. Okay, thanks again. Bye-bye.
3: If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find talking football and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.